You've seen it before. The dark figure lingering in the corner of your eye. You've always tried to pay it no attention, but the very presence is unwelcome nonetheless. Fortunately for you, this particular guest has a habit of being fickle, always vanishing when you turn to take a look. But this time is different. The shadow appears in your peripheral vision as usual. You turn your head to send it away as usual. But this time, your unwelcome guest has decided to stay. And now, it's staring back at you. What do you do now? Welcome to Studies in Shadow. kind of spooky so scary so much depth so scary Uh, my goodness keep my nightlight on tonight it's kind of a cold open in it oh a little bit oh kind of fun oh wow you just this is like a professional professional podcast now oh my goodness a cold opening a cold open we can't do that we're not licensed to do that are you sure because we're in a pretty good place right now with recording oh Remember how last time we were in a conference room with no professional <laughs> equipment? With chairs that had pillows. <laughs> with chairs with padding that didn't have padding in them. You just sat down and it was like the biggest letdown. Like when you bite into a cookie, you think it's chocolate chips, but it's actually raisins. These pillows did not have any fluff in them. Oh my goodness. Bro, my butt hurt so bad. It actually did. <laughs> I thought those chairs were pretty comfy. Yours might have been. I changed it three times. You remember that during the setup? <laughs> I know the legs are broken on a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I'm saying, when I say we have a bunch of professional equipment now, it's not super prof- professional, but uh, here's what we've changed since last time. We're out of the conference room. Yes. We're in Noah's little office off the side of his bed. Oh, Yes. We have a fun little dynamic arm clamped onto this desk, hanging the mic upside down. Terminator style. Yes. We each have a pop filter on on our side, so we don't get air or spit onto the mic, which is cool. We also got a windscreen for the mic, just a little foam cover, whatnot, little beanie to keep it warm. And then I decided to go a little above and beyond and put and buy fleece blankets Seven and a half by seven and a half feet. And they actually are covering the entire wall. Thanks for hanging those up, Noah. Absolutely. So basically, we're in a much more soundproof, more isolated place than before, which is super nice. We're doing business for y'all. We're doing business. We're trying to make this the best it can be. Right? Not only that, but since last time we have been officially approved on SoundCloud. Well, we were already approved on SoundCloud. Spotify, oh, iTunes, amazing. and now Google Play. Oh, stop it. Because a friend came to me and said, I don't have SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. I'm like, what, what do you have? It don't matter. We'll get you there. And she's like, Google Play. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just submit the the feed to them. And it's super easy to upload your podcast to a website. So it's it's up now, so go ahead and take a look on the Google Play Store. But seriously, we're really happy with how the first episode went and from what we've heard. There's been some pretty good reactions from classmates and friends and whatnot. So uh, what was the thing that your friend said, Noah, the girl who takes her run? Oh, yeah. My good friend Reagan. She uh, is one of the tutors with me. And uh, she was telling me that she listens to 
scary things, whether it be music or podcasts, well, she does cardio to help her run faster because, you know, when you're in a scary movie, you always kind of want to run a little bit faster. But uh, I'd like to apologize to her and to everybody else who listened last week. If you remember, I may or may not have definitely slammed my hand on the table to emphasize a scary point. <laughs> and at that point, I was also wearing a metal wedding ring. On a wood table. On a wooden table with a mic that picks up everything. <laughs> So, Reagan told me that she, while running, definitely may have jumped on the treadmill and embarrassed herself in front of everyone at the gym. So, to Reagan, I say sorry. And to everyone who <laughs> listened with headphones, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will not be paying for your ear surgeries. <laughs> but I can say that we'll keep making episodes to entertain you, hopefully. And we, to, to also prevent this from happening, we've put two thick fleece blankets on the table. So even if he does hit the table, it'll be a little bit more muted. He's trying to avoid a lawsuit with me, <laughs> and he's doing it right, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, you're probably wondering why the spooky cold opening and why, like, what does it have to do with our podcast today? What does it have to do with our podcast today, Jack? I'm so glad you asked, oh, Noah. Tell me. Shadow people <gasps> and sleep paralysis often go hand in hand, but sometimes they don't. Today we have a very special treat. We will be hearing from a couple of my friends from high school. Well, a good friend from high school and her roommate who have both had experiences with shadow people, not just in bed, like waking up in the middle of the night and seeing them. I'm talking walking in the daylight. They see them in their house. Kind of like last week, how I saw Horridge, you know, the little goblin looking thing, black silhouette, kind of gave me a feeling of dread. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that today. Oh, goody. So here in a minute, we're actually going to bring Caitlin and her roommate onto our podcast and we will be hearing from them and I'm very excited for it. I'm excited too. It's always fun to hear stories from different people. I know like last week we started with our own stories and it was a lot of fun to hear from you. I had fun sharing one of my stories, but you know, there's just something different about hearing it from people like I don't know oh, yeah. or that you don't know as well. And it's just something different about seeing. Like we said last week, there's something unique about hearing stories that are very, very similar with people from all over the place because yeah. there's no coincidence at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we'll be talking about that today too. People seeing the same type of shadow person all over the world. And there's some pretty fun connections with shadow people to modern pop culture. So I'm excited to go over that. But first, a little background on shadow people. Noah, what did you learn over this last week researching shadow people? I had a blast researching. And if you guys remember from last week, we said that regardless of if we had people, you know, to talk to or if we did, we'd always find out what the subject of conversation was going to be. And then from the time we found out until the next time we recorded, we'd sit down and we'd do a little bit of studying about it. Not a little bit, a lot of it uh, to see as much as we could figure out so that when we came and sat down with each other, we could talk with the people who were here or just with each other. And the fun thing is, is we don't tell each other what we find. We just look it up. So there's hopefully going to be some unique things today about things that I found out and things that Jack has found out. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the things that I found out, the, the things that I first want to touch on is kind of like the ancient mythology of shadow people. And by that, I mean just some of the references people make to it throughout history, such as like in ancient Egypt, they called the shadow Kaibut. And the Egyptians believed that Kaibut was one of the seven souls that every person had. Hmm. It was really interesting, yeah. I might have to do more research into that to figure out what the other seven souls are. That's we'll do that when we cover Egyptian yeah. mythology one day. Yeah, it's like Kaibut. So soul has seven souls in a person, 
and that's the shadow. Um, the Roman word for shadow is umbra, and also means the shade or the ghost of an individual who went to a place called the Land of Shades. And it's believed to be underground, part of the underworld, and after the person died, their shadow went there. And in Greece, um, people were known to dedicate their shadows or give them over to God, such as Zeus and things like that. And in medieval times, this is the part that kind of interested me the most, like concerning witchcraft and, you know, Salem mm. witch trials and, oh yeah, all those good things. Gotta like, love it. If you, if you float, you're, you're innocent or however that went. You know what I'm talking about? Are we talking about Monty Python? But yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Just like, but seriously, people had ridiculous. Ducks float. Yeah. People had ridiculous ideas for witches and just like what made them real. Like if you burn, you're a witch. But everything burns. Like, the Joker <laughs> taught us that. But anyway, in regards to this, concerning a witch, they a way to prove that she was a witch, the shadow played a big part in that, in the way that if someone sold their soul to the devil, they had no shadow. Hence, shadow being linked with the soul again. In Europe, people believe that the shadow beings desired blood, and without it, they couldn't be reborn. And superstitions and fear, you know, spread like the Black Peg, basically. And talked all about a person's shadow and how you would never, you should never let your shadow um, fall on graves over a river or near a cliff because it was in essence part of you. And harm to your shadow could mean harm to you. And that in sense could bring bad luck upon you. Mm. Those are just some of the things that I learned. Yeah. If only Punxsutawney Phil would sell his soul to the devil. Oh, my gosh. And then we would have, we would have what was it, spring come early see, every exactly. year? Exactly, He yeah, would never exactly. see his shadow when he came out. He wouldn't have to have this dang snow every year. That's awesome. So Noah went over a lot of the history of a shadow person, and that's super crucial. We'll definitely keep going over that. Um, kind of the definition of a shadow person, I mean – Seems pretty straightforward. Sometimes they're very smoky, kind of opaque. Sometimes they're a solid black mass, like what I saw when I was living in Hawaii, Horridge. And there's all sorts of different stories, behaviors of these shadow people, when they arrive, why they arrive. And so now we are going to hear from Caitlin. We are now joined by my good friend, Caitlin. She and I attended high school together. We got along very well in our theater class and shared many laughs. She's going to share with us tonight some awesome stories about shadow people and her, I guess you could say, run-ins with them. I'm How you sorry. doing, Caitlin? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your stories with us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And for any of you who may doubt the validity of her stories, I, I trust Caitlin very much. So uh, I, I know I can believe them. It is your choice to believe them, but I endorse these stories. I approve this message. I believe you, Jack, so I'll believe Caitlin because that's how transitive properties work. High school <laughs> oh, math taught me that. If you, if you trust us, trust Caitlin. Would you like to start us off? Oh, sure. Um, I have quite a few stories, and Jack, you have heard a couple of them so far. Mm -hmm. Is I love them. there one in particular that you would like to hear? Just whatever you think is the most edge of your seat, scary, entertaining. Whichever, whatever you feel like okay. telling us, because it's all new to the audience. Perfect. Okay. 
Um, the one I remember the best, surprisingly, is when I was about eight years old. It started when I was in my grandparents' house, and I've always been terrified of the dark. So, you know, going downstairs to get ready for school was always a trip. I'm pretty sure I wrecked up my grandparents' electricity bill by turning on every single light going. <laughs> the lights to turn on the kitchen were around the corner. So me being eight and very short, I had to either reach my arm around the corner or brave the dark and go into the kitchen to turn on the lights. And that's where the story gets interesting. So whenever I would walk around the corner, I would always see this very tall shadow person looking back at me. And I could very clearly see his silhouette probably standing about six feet tall. Oh, man. And wearing what I thought to be a top hat. <gasps> and I would always be frozen in fear standing there. You know, as an eight-year-old, it's terrifying to see something in the kitchen that's not supposed to be there. Oh, my goodness. And I would wait to turn on the lights. I could see the rest of the kitchen from the hallway lights, but he was very clearly defined. And if I waited long enough, the shadow person would start to walk towards me. But, of course, before he got to me, I would always turn on the lights frantically, and he would disappear. Mm. Noped right out of there. It, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. as this went on, which was a few years, actually, um, my grandparents' house has a history of shadow people and other ghost stories. So, we were sitting in the dining room and talking about all of our shared experiences when I had mentioned, oh, by the way, I see a shadow person in the kitchen. And no one believed me, of course. So I tried to, you know, tell them all of my experiences and say, well, you know, I can even see him right now. And my grandpa, to try and, yeah, to try and ease my worries, picked me up, put me on his shoulders and said, it's okay, I'll show you that he's not there. So we started walking into the kitchen towards the shadow person. And my grandpa didn't see anything, but he did say that it felt cold. Huh. And so as we were walking towards him, the shadow man started to walk towards us. <laughs> and as we got closer and closer, he started to lift his hand up. The shadow person did. And right as we were about to walk through him, his hand passed right through my face, and I've never seen him since. Mm. Did this Did this one have a top hat as well? Yes. I think I'll have the unbin on. I'm going to have to leave the episode really quick. and. Uh, no, get, you stay in your seat. Let me get my Bible really you, quick. You brave this like I am. No, 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 no. Ka Caitlin, <laughs> after that story, I got a question for you. So we're actually going to talk about this tonight um, once, once you're off the phone. Uh, but have you heard of the Hat Man? I haven't, no. Oh, my gosh. Kate, there are stories from all over the world of people seeing this specific shadow person called the Hat Man. Slightly different in all stories, but there's always one thing in common. He is wearing a flat-brimmed hat. Sometimes it's a top hat. Sometimes it's a wide-brimmed fedora. And... He is very sinister. So as soon as you mentioned he had a top hat, I was like, <gasps> I looked this up. Oh, no. I wonder if she knows. So I invite you to 
<laughs> when the episode comes out, listen to it and then do some research about the Hat Man and look at the stories. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cite a website that has all sorts of people posting their stories about it. That's crazy. Okay, for that's, sure. That's, that's crazy that you yeah, bring up a little terrifying that now. you bring up the shadow person with a hat. This oh, that's that, that's <laughs> making me a little bit anxious. Like I feel my heart beating a little bit faster because you know we we didn't tell each other these what we were gonna look up. And as you said that, I looked at him and instantly I knew that he had looked it up too. Because on my screen right now, I have a bunch of different things that I wanted to talk about. And in small, bold letters, it says, hat man, question mark. So I'm just also with my heart racing a little bit more, kind of thinking, oh, man, this isn't just a a joke to think about. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. We made eye contact and immediately was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is bad. (laughs) We read about this. That's amazing. Please exactly. tell another one. You you have more. <laughs> I do. I have plenty. Um, so this one is when I was a little bit younger. And I lived in a duplex <clears throat> with my parents. I was, oh gosh, I was probably around five. And still scared of the dark. So my parents were gracious enough to keep the kitchen light on. Mm. And the way that my bedroom was positioned, I could see probably a good half of the kitchen from my open bedroom door. And every now and then, if I couldn't sleep, I would just stare out into the kitchen and some movement would catch my eye. I would try to ignore it most of the time because I would be a little scared and I'd hide under covers. I was thing, and I could see this little silhouette of a kid running back and forth in the kitchen Mm -mm. and it most of the time would go away after a couple of minutes but there was one particular night when I got up to go to the bathroom and the bathroom door was right across the hallway from my bedroom so when I got to my doorway from the bathroom I could see this little shadow kid standing there and We didn't move towards each other. He didn't really move. And I was standing there for what felt like an eternity. But then I saw this big toothy grin with sharp teeth smile back at me. And my breath caught. And he just stepped back, went behind the door, and I ran back to bed. (laughs) Yikes. Oh, my goodness. See, what I love about your stories, Kate, is they're so different than what we've both read about pertaining to shadow people. Usually they're sleep paralysis stories, but your stories aren't sleep paralysis stories. Uh, before this episode started, we had a cold, a cold open, a little, little prompting where we talked about, you know, you see it usually out of the corner of your eye, but as soon as you look at it, it disappears. But what happens when you look at it and then it looks back at you and all that cold opening was actually kind of inspired by the stories that I had already heard from you because your experiences mm-hmm. happened while you were awake, just like my experiences from Hawaii, uh, seeing the weird horridge thing. You can look at our first episode for that. Uh, I was wide awake for both things. I saw it once in the middle of the night. Right. That was a nightmare. And then the next day, it was broad daylight. As soon as I could, as, well, before it was coming, I just felt this dread wash over me. And then I saw it. And then as soon as it was gone, I could move again. So it was like a waking paralysis. And it, it honestly does feel like an eternity. Um, even though I usually only saw the thing for about six seconds at a time, it, I 
wholeheartedly empathize with the feelings you had when you saw these shadow people. But the toothy grin, that's that's a new one. Noah's looking at me like, I've done research on this. I know this. I have a question. <laughs> uh, sure. When in regards to this like shadow child you're talking about, there was just one of them. Yes. Okay. Because in my research of thinking about shadow people and things like that, I came across a topic known as shadow imps. And they're often referred to as shadow children or, you know, shadow kids, different things like that. They're usually around three feet tall. So, you know, about the size of like a little kid, you know, maybe a little bit taller. Um, and it's, you know, there's lots of different things that people say about it. You know, they're they're usually more visible before you usually see them before one of the more prominent shadow figures appears. One of the more like adultish ones or the more serious ones, if you will. Um, and sometimes like people have seen them in groups and they're kind of just known to be scouts or lookouts or like servants or companions, or maybe even literally children to the shadow people that we were talking about earlier. And so it's just kind of a little crazy. Like, you know, when you see one of them, chances are that one of the bigger ones, one of the more serious ones is not too far behind. Mm. So that's why as you were telling the story, I just kept getting more and more nervous with the fact that you weren't saying you saw anything else. Cause it just worried me thinking like, where was it? What was it doing? What was happening? Because when you see one of them, it's basically a sign that something else is coming or is already there. Yeah. And that's been mythology since, you know, the early Middle Ages. It's talked about how when you see the smaller ones, the bigger ones come in pretty soon. So it's kind of freaky. It it's is like very if, freaky. If another one was there, where was it? Exactly. What was it doing? Very unsettling. Yeah. Anyway. Please continue with what you were saying. Sure. Um, well, kind of going off of that, um, I haven't seen the Shadow Kid since, but going back to my grandparents' house, when I was a little bit older, probably around 13 or 14, I was sleeping in my room, and it was around 2 a.m. Mm. I had woken up, and I was just kind of laying there, playing on my phone, and I very clearly heard my name. It didn't sound like anybody in the house, so I thought I probably misheard it. I thought it was maybe my mom, and so I called out to her, but no one answered. So I got up, went to her room, and she was dead asleep, as were my grandparents. So that was a little weird. <laughs> and I went back to bed. I laid there for probably about a good half an hour, and as I was trying to fall back asleep, I felt pressure at the end of my bed oh no a hand and then a second hand and then a third pressure kind of like someone was stepping on my bed and I could just feel my heartbeat my throat and at this point I wasn't looking down near the edge of my bed I had my blankets over my eyes I don't blame you and I gained enough courage to throw my blankets off and nothing was there oh my goodness see that that's more similar to, you know, those sleep paralysis stories. But again, you were awake. It wasn't like you woke up, you couldn't move, <laughs> and then you see this thing come and sit on your chest. I mean, we're going to talk about the original definition for nightmare. It literally was, you know, the story of 
demons coming to people in their sleep. They're paralyzed and they come sit on their chest. There's like a painting from the 17th century, something like that. It's crazy. It's, it's so crazy that all of your stories are when you're awake. And that, yeah, that makes them so much more interesting. Sorry, what was that? I said they're, they're never when I'm asleep. Never when you're asleep. Well, mm-hmm. I almost feel like that makes it worse, though, because, you know, if you're a kid and you, you see something or you hear something when you're asleep or really tired, you can play it off pretty well and think to yourself, no, nah, I was just sleeping or like, ooh, it might have been something scary, but it's probably just my imagination or I was just dreaming. So my problem is, like, if I'm wide awake and I know I'm awake and I hear something, see something, feel something... There's no way I can downplay it. There's no way that I can push it away and think, oh, it was just my imagination. I was awake. I felt that. I heard it. I saw it. And that, to me, just makes it so much worse because you're then stuck with that knowledge that it's not just a dream. It's not just your imagination. Something happened and something's there. And that's the part with me that almost Mm -hmm. makes it better to be asleep when it happens. However weird that may sound, at least then I can almost give myself an out to be able to sleep again and not to think to myself that it's actually something real coming after me. That's just my opinion though. Like, I'd much rather be able to convince myself it wasn't real than to wholeheartedly know like you do that it completely was real. So I apologize, right. but I'm at the same time. I don't envy you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I completely understand, you know, with all of my experiences um, as I grew up, I thought, okay, maybe I was just, a kid and yeah. you know I was being really imaginative at the time but you know it continued to happen and it even happened as early as when I was in my freshman year of high school jeez that's yeah, so spooky <laughs> that kind of repetition is what really would make me uncomfortable because like you said like when you're a kid you're thinking oh maybe it's just because I'm a kid but when you're in high school, like, even if you are just an immature freshman, and we've all been there, you still, like, have half a brain. Yeah, you're not insane. Yeah, you're, I mean, some people, but no, you're not insane. But you're, you know, you're not going to be fooled by things like that. And the fact that for you it happened over and over and over again, and that you have, you know, all these experiences, not only when you were young, but when, when you were old enough to know the difference between real and just imagination – like, wow, like there's some serious, some serious energy going on there with you and whatever is around you bugging you. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I prefer an anomaly over a pattern any day. Oh yes. If it happens once I can probably brush it off, but you Mm -hmm. know, for you, it happened over and over and over. That's a pattern. And that, that's really hard to dismiss. Yeah. So I almost want to ask like, you said that it happened as like a freshman in high school. Has it happened any time recently? Like when was the last time that anything happened? The last time that anything happened was probably near my senior year of high school. Oh my goodness. Wait, that means we were we were in school together yeah, at the time. Cuz that was before I moved oh. to Virginia. Uh-oh. So it was right after um, the opening show of the musical that we did. And I had my now roommate with me. We were over at my grandparents' house. And it was 
late. I was starving, so I decided to make mac and cheese. And we were down in the kitchen alone. My grandparents were upstairs sleeping. And I was talking to her as she sat across from me at the island. We had a couple of lights on so I could clearly see the hallway that led to the front door. And as we're talking, um, my breath started to get really baited, almost like I was about to have a panic attack. Mm. And it was out of nowhere because we were just having a regular conversation. And something prompted me to look upwards towards the door. And when it did, there was this clear shadow person that was kind of hunching down and walked into the living room. And me being the curious person I was at that point, I ran into the living room to try and find it, and it was gone. But the crazy thing was, when my roommate had noticed me looking up, she turned around and saw it too. No. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you followed it. I would nope out of there so fast. Well, it was it was more of a curiosity thing where it's like, I've seen this so many times, I have to make sure that I just, I'm not crazy. Yeah. You know, there's this quote that they say, uh, curiosity killed the cat, and they have nine lives. I don't think we do. So I'm following Jack's mindset on that. If I had seen that thing, <laughs> I would be booking it to the next, you know, time zone. But I just want to add, like, as well, like, you know, of all the stories you shared, a number of them have been at your grandparents' house. So I don't know what it was built on, where it is, or what happened to that house, but somebody needs to dedicate it, cast out evil spirits, or just, like, say a prayer over the grounds of Anything. it. Anything. <laughs> Anything, yeah, just to kind of get that bad voodoo. That Do bad a sagebrush. Yeah, seriously. But, yeah, because, I mean, of all the things that you've said, that seems like the biggest, like, pattern thing there is that it happens very often at your grandparents' house. So, I mean, to anybody listening, yeah. if it happens at your place, I mean... <laughs> Call a priest, call the missionaries, call, get a sagebrush. Do anything. Yeah, do anything. Just <laughs> get rid of it. Don't try to communicate with it. Don't play with a Ouija board, people. Yeah, we already know it's a big, no- <laughs> it's a big no-no. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, are there any last stories? I know you said that your roommate had something last minute come up. Um, was she able to get out of that yet? Or are we just left with your fantastic <laughs> stories this time? <laughs> But there is that one story, Jack, that I did tell you um, about my grandpa hearing my mother's voice when we weren't there. Oh, yes. Please share that. That'll be our last story from you for the evening. (laughs) Sure. So this one's more of like the cherry on top. So previous to this, you know, for me at least, it had just been shadow people. And a lot of my family members had very similar experiences. And whenever I would bring it up, you know, my grandmother would brush it off like, oh, you know, they don't bother me. So she was definitely the non-believer of us. And my grandpa was kind of on the same boat up until one night where my mother and I were in the area. And we, I just kind of told him, well, if we have the time, we'll stop by. That was around eight o'clock or so. And he said, you know, sure, I'll talk to you later. And he ended up falling asleep. Well, they had a little chihuahua at the time, and he was home alone with him. And the dog had started barking out of nowhere, and he ran out the bedroom and down the stairs. So my grandpa thought, oh, well, he hears somebody that 
came through the door. So he started to climb out of bed, and he yelled downstairs, I'll be down there in a minute, honey. Mm -hmm. And what he heard back was, it's okay, Dad, it's just me. And so after he got ready, he went downstairs, and all the lights were off. The door was closed with the locks on, and the alarm was on, and no one was home but him. Oh, my goodness. Did it make him yeah. a believer? What? Did it make him a believer? Yes, but he still wasn't scared of it. He just thought he was tired, but he <laughs> was definitely a little bit more aware. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, even if it happens just once as an anomaly, you can't just completely discredit it. There's always going to be a part of you that's curious, like, what if that was real and I'm not actually crazy? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I feel like as well, like, I don't want to say, like, it's all the same with older people, but I feel like when you get to be that age, whether it's, like, whether you're 60, 70, 80, however old you may be, um, I feel like at that point, like, you don't really, I don't want to say you're not scared of anything, but, like, you're so old that you just kind of really don't care anymore. Like, you know, like, that might sound weird, but, like, seriously, I mean, every, all my grandparents and every old person I've talked to and anything ever, like, stressful or scary is going on, whether it's, like, a real thing going down or something, like, supernatural, they just kind of are, like, the very calm people in the room just because, I mean, they've lived their life, like, there's nothing really them that they've, like, not done yet. So, I mean, if anybody would handle that well, I feel like it would have been like a grandparent because I mean like you know you hear a voice in your house you're just like eh, whatever like it's not really that big of a deal to you so I'm glad it was him that had to go through that and not like somebody else who would have been more curious and more paranoid of it because mm-hmm. I mean of all the people like he probably handled it better than anybody else would have oh definitely my goodness had it been me I, I would have been terrified oh absolutely yeah. I, I would be too. I don't blame you at all. I would not <laughs> ever live there. Never. I would never be paid to live there either. Well, Caitlin, it has been a real blessing to have you tell your stories. I really hope that you come back and share some more with us sometime. I would love to have you back on. And this next time you can have your roommate come on with you. Um, but yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And I have stories to share. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear them. Thank you so much. Of course. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Of course. All right. Good night, Caitlin. Good night. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Can we scream now that she's not listening? No, because it'll hurt the it'll hurt the listeners. We can't scream. Oh, I got chills several times. and I'm trying not to, like, breathe hard because the mic will pick it up. That was so uncomfortable. We're having this conversation in my house. The lights are on. <laughs> That's like, no, like, it's not funny. Like, I'm just, okay, you moved your feet on the floor. And that made me very, very uncomfortable. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was something on the floor. Now I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, do I have to pray after this? Do I have to do, I have to do something in the house? I mean, I think we're good. I think you we'll know? be okay. I think my house will be fine. But I now realize why you did it at my place and not yours, because you want to get all the voodoo spirits over here. Well, no, because we can actually hang up blankets in your office. Like that too, okay. <laughs> Give it whatever excuse you can. But no, that was that was really scary, actually. Oh my goodness. I didn't think that her stories would, like, shake me, because, I mean, I'm just sitting here listening to it. But wow, talk about, you know, putting you in her shoes. She oh, yeah. did very well. And, I mean, one of the things that I always notice when it comes to these stories is, like, you know, people always say that liars add more detail. But at the same time, it's like, 
no detail kind of constitutes that you were there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the detail she put into it, the things that she didn't even know she was talking about, like, wow, you can't just make that stuff up. Yeah, no. And Caitlin is such a level headed and rational person. She's Mm -hmm. a an absolute fantastic person to know and talk with. And I didn't know that she had so many paranormal experiences. Um, But we just got to talking one day. And then when we started this podcast, I got the idea, you know what? I should invite Caitlin on the show. So I'm really happy I did that. She just sent me a message saying she's got a bunch more stories. So I'm sure she will become a regular storyteller. You guys have a (laughs) lot to look forward to. Um, but that being said, let's get on to what we researched. Dun, dun, dun. So as far as I could tell, <clears throat> the term shadow person or shadow people was coined by a paranormal author named Heidi Hollis in 2002. Uh, she was on a, a radio show called Coast to Coast AM hosted by Art Bell. He was, you know, notorious for having people on and, you know, sharing scary stories and whatnot. And they asked people to send in their stories of shadow people. And the response was absolutely overwhelming. And I mean, they got drawings and artwork and just all these stories. And it really just kind of took off from there. Uh, Because before then, you know, it was just one of those buried supernatural phenomena. Um, A lot of what I found out is that most of the, I mean, obviously the scientific community looks at it as a number of different things. Uh, and then there's the supernatural theories. Supernatural theories, of course, you know, demons or malevolent spirits, even extraterrestrials. Some people oh, wow. think they're uh, aliens or dimensional travelers. Um, and then the scientific theories and explanation, let me know if you research any of these absolutely uh were sleep paralysis which if any of you are not completely familiar with with what that is it is when well let me back up when you fall asleep your brain shuts your body down so you don't act out in real life what's happening in your dreams it's called a REM sleep rapid eye movement Mm -hmm. uh people who sleepwalk have a dysfunctional uh rem Mm -hmm. and so Sometimes your brain wakes up, but your body doesn't. And as a result, you're still kind of in a dream state, but you're aware of what's going on around you. But also your brain kind of starts filling in the blanks. And that's where some of these terms uh, came in that I found. Let's see, what were they? Apophenia, which is seeing patterns where there are none. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then this one is more... uh, This one's really prevalent in nature. It's called, I'm going to probably butcher this pronunciation, pareidolia. Bless you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And it's seeing faces and shapes where there are none. Oh, so it's kind of like when you're like sitting at the clouds. Looking at the clouds. Yeah. I thought of the up scene at the beginning. I mean, that's a bit more obvious because it's a TV Mm -hmm. movie. But yeah, I mean, when you look at the clouds, you're like, it looks like a dog. Or you look at the wall and the rust looks like a a screaming face. Yeah, yeah. And what that is, it's actually a primitive response to recognizing faces. Like if you saw a face kind of creeping up on you, you're going to be aware of it because... Yeah. So it's like, it's instilled in our DNA, which is super weird. It's why those, I can't remember if they're moths or butterflies, they have on their wings those eye-looking things to scare off predators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those predators experience pareidolia where they recognize a face as threatening and they don't want to approach it. Oh, man. 
that's some that's awesome right that's actually really cool in terms mm-hmm. of like you know evolution and how like instincts are like such like an inbred yeah. thing into everybody yeah wow um so those are those are a couple of the uh scientific ones the other ones were hypnagogic hip hypnagogic hallucinations um which is where you're in sleep paralysis and you see things uh sleep deprivation Oh, and yeah. also methamphetamine addicts mm. who also experience sleep deprivation mm-hmm. often report seeing shadow people, um, whether in sleep or in their waking hours. Um, the only thing I'd say to that is maybe some of those um, people aren't the most trustworthy. <laughs> oh, no, you know, yeah. That's why the scientific yeah. community says they're just they're chalking it up to these methamphetamine users. They're not sleeping their brain is experiencing, you know, pareidolia and apophenia. Yeah, it's like fried. It doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and so it's just showing you things, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, do you have anything to add on with the scientific and supernatural yeah, explanations? Yeah, yeah. I just like, I remember thinking back to like, as you were talking about, you know, REM sleep and like back in high school and even now in college learning about what goes into REM sleep and just to reiterate, REM sleep is R-E-M. It stands for rapid eye movement. And what that means is that, you know, for most people, and even if you do sleepwalk, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It just means that your your brain doesn't send the correct signals down to your body to kind of shut you down. Because when you go to sleep, you know, you're kind of, there's that mode where you're like in a deep sleep and then you're kind of in a light sleep and you go back and forth. And the thing about REM sleep is that it happens five to 10 times while you're sleeping. And it's called rapid eye movement because that's the point when you're in the deepest sleep. And that's the point where your body, your brain has to literally like send signals to your muscles and Mm -hmm. like they release, you know, whether it's like chemicals or different things in your body that make you stiff and not be able to move because you're in such a deep sleep and your brain is working still in that creative dream state that you really feel like it's there. So that's when you're dreaming is is in REM. Exactly. And REM lasts for maybe 20 minutes and then you'll come out of it and you'll still be asleep. But it's a lot more light of a sleep. Like, mm-hmm. it's where you could, like, be shaken awake. And then, you know, whether it's, like, 20 minutes or 45 or an hour later, you'll go back into it. And they always say, like, people say you need, like, eight hours of sleep. Well, it doesn't really matter about the time. It matters about how many times you go through REM sleep because you need those things. Anyway, um, that's why sometimes you wake up after a nap and you're really cranky. It's because you woke up in the middle of REM sleep. And if you wake up, it's a bad thing for you. Anyway, enough of a history and science lesson in that. The thing about it is, like... You know, we've all had like those dreams or like those moments when you're like sleeping and you're laying there and you feel like you're falling. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're like, it feels so real. And before you hit the ground, you bam, you like, you know, you sit up awake and you cue hand slam on table. Yeah, exactly. I thought about doing it, but (laughs) I remembered the the headphone users. But seriously, we've all had that where you're falling and then you just shoot up awake. And, you know, we've had I'm sure every one of us has had a dream where we've talked about something And so I feel like there's like two in terms of scientific and supernatural explanations. I feel like one, if you wake up and you see something, it's because your brain is kind of in that mode where it's like half and half Mm -hmm. asleep and awake. And so you're seeing things or two is that these entities, these, you know, they're there people, they're there and they're taking advantage of the fact that you can't get up Mm. because you're in REM sleep or you've been woken up too quickly. So either way, it's kind of just like, ooh, you don't want to be in either situation. Yeah. And that kind of actually, that brings me to um, nightmare. So 
nightmare, the term was coined because people were reporting waking up, being paralyzed, having this sense of dread, seeing a demon, and that demon comes and just sits on their chest. You talking like a full-size person or like small things? No, like a like a full-size person coming and sitting on them and just slowly putting pressure and it's crushing them. And so, um, mare is, let's see. Let me look at the definition of nightmare here that I have. So, obviously night is because it happens at night. And then mare is a type of incubus. Incubus. Yeah, an evil spirit uh, and this type nightmare would attack people while they slept. While they slept. Jerk. Right? Yeah. And there's actually, like I said, um, it's actually, uh, was it 18th century? Uh, there's a painting done in 1781 by Henry Fuseli. It's called The Nightmare. It's probably one of the most popular paintings depicting, you know, sleep paralysis and an original nightmare and it shows a demon sitting on a chest on the chest of a sleeping woman. Oof. It's freaky. It's not a shadow person. Do it's you have a, it right there in front of you? I do not. You can pull it up if you like. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. If I know I didn't really pull it up cause I know the listeners can't see it. No, of course. Um, but look up the nightmare by Henry Fuseli. Fuseli spelled F U S E L I. Um, and it's interesting that it, the painting depicts a woman because according to the U.S. National Library of Medicine and National Institutes of Health, sleep paralysis is most commonly reported with women. Hmm. Which I find interesting. Me too. Because I don't know why. I mean, in all my experiences of like dealing with people when they sleep, whether it's my wife, my siblings, or my friends, I feel like it's all the guys I know sleep very well and very hard. And all the girls I know are light sleepers. Hmm. So I almost wonder if it's the fact that they have, it's more, they're more susceptible to it hmm. just because they might be light sleepers. Cause I'm the kind of person that when I go to sleep, I stay asleep. Yeah. And I mean, my wife will wake up 10, 11 times at night just to, you know, because she heard something because she's thirsty. And if I hear her get up, I don't do anything mm -hmm. because I'm so dead asleep. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Maybe they just like women. <clears throat> you never know. Yeah, maybe it's because guys are so stupid that they know we don't need to be attacked as much because we're going to do stupid things anyway. Yeah, we're going to die. So they really just got to, they really just want to scare the women because they're like, ah, guys are going to be dumb anyway. Let's just <laughs> freak out the girls, right? Um, and so, do you want to talk about Hat Man? I would love to talk about Hat Man. I'm, so... I still can't get over the fact that Caitlin brought up dude with the top hat. Yeah, that's... It's not really that funny, just because it's like, well, let's uh, let's keep this out of here. So I have pulled up on my screen the uh, Encyclopedia on Demons. Interesting. Wait, no, I think, oh no, I'm thinking of Barnes Noble book, yeah. Dictionary of Demons. Yeah, I have it uh, right here. And in this section, it is called the Top Hat Demon. And um, let me, I'm just going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, read us a blurb. I'm going to read you a little bit of things about this thing and give you my own little two cents as well. So the hat man, the shadow person, or demon, depending on, you know, the source you go to, mm -hmm. has been reported all over the world. The entity is usually described as a tall shadow man dressed in a long black trench coat and wearing a wide-brimmed hat, fedora, or top hat. And I like to add, like, Abraham Lincoln-looking kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's distinctively male, and witnesses say there's no face, or if there is a face, it's very blurred. 
Um, most shadow entity, most shadow entities besides this are usually only seen for a moment, and then they, you know, they vanish because mm-hmm. you know you see them in the peripheral vision and they're gone. Um, but not the Hat Man. Seems to be very different because he likes to hang around a little bit. Yeah, he stays there. Yeah, sometimes he touches you, you, sometimes he chokes you, and sometimes he attacks you. Mm. Um, but more than not, he's more content just watching. Yeah, and, and that's the creepy you. part. Yeah. And, you know, another aspect of, like, the Hat Man is the fact that he's so much more eerie and sinister um, than other shadow people because it's more it's more that he's involved with the environment than other shadow people. Yeah, he feeds off of uh, – it's said that he feeds off of negative energy exactly. and trauma. Um, also, when Caitlin said that she saw him very clearly, it is also reported that the Hat Man is a solid – Black shape. Yeah. Not he's not misty at There's all. There's not transparency mm-hmm. like in degrees of other shadow people. Yeah. And uh some people report that he'll talk to them and one person one story I saw again, I don't know if this is true, it might have just mm-hmm. been like, you know, a creepy pasta. Yeah. Internet scary story. But it's so scary. One person said they asked him who he was and he said Scratch. Which do you know the name Old Scratch? Vaguely. You, you've seen the show Lucifer. Oh yeah. He says Old Scratch is one of his favorite nicknames. It's the devil. The devil. So sometimes he has been reported to claim he is the devil himself. Now that is something that I did not know and did not need to. Right. Um. Okay, so here's here's the funny thing about Hatman though. Remember how he said remember how he said he's kind of inspired um, some pop culture, modern pop culture? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Who else can you think of that wears a flat brimmed fedora? And scares people with dreams and whatnot. Uh, would this be a man who is um, kind of prone to fires and has some sharp things in his fingers? Uh-huh. Am I getting warmer? Uh-huh. Um, is he live on Elm Street? Y- he does. So is this uh, Mr. Freddy Krueger himself? It is. Oh, my goodness. The hat man was actually <laughs> inspiration for Freddy Krueger. Crazy, right? That's very crazy. That's not all. There's another one. Okay, tall, well-dressed, no face or blurry face. LeBron Who do you think James. Of? Oh, sorry. Stop. No. Okay, <laughs> Slender Man. Exactly. <laughs> so the guy who came up with Slender, because Slender Man's not real. I'm talking to you, the two girls who stabbed their friend. Um, <laughs> he's not, not real. You're we just, do not endorse or condone any kind of violence on this show. Please, please do not stab your friends to sacrifice them to a fictional freaking creepypasta because it was designed by a dude named um victor serge or sergey um he said he used shadow people as an inspiration when creating Slenderman, specifically mm-hmm. hatman hatman um and there is actually a website uh so caitlin if you're listening this is the website i was talking about it's called the hatman project.com and on this website are a ton of of testimonials, drawings, artwork oh, about no. sightings of the Hat Man. Nope. And it's international. People from all over. Now, I'm not saying you have to go on there and believe every story because I am positive that people want to just take advantage of the hot topic, which is the Hat Man, mm-hmm. just to get attention. Of there course. will always be people like that. Just people who tell scary stories for attention. Mm-hmm. And then I am very convinced because you know it happened to caitlin it's got to happen to somebody else especially since it happens so much there's got to be people on that website there who share their stories and they're true yeah and that's kind of freaky right it is so if you're 
If you're super interested in learning more about the hat man himself, you can go to thehatmanproject.com. Something that I was going to say as well is, you know, regarding the fact that he's so drawn to negative energy or just, you know, feelings of dread and things like that. Um, part of the research, I know you've seen this too, is, you know, he's drawn to those kinds of hostile environments. And any sort of bad entity yeah, is going to be drawn to a hostile but environment. Like, and like Caitlin talks about how she saw him at her grandparents' house. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, once what again, happened? what happened there? She saw so many things there. And for people who like, you know, we've got all those cheesy movies and things like that, like Pet Cemetery, where it's like, oh, it's built on Native American Indian ground or you know, burial grounds and different things like that. But I mean, you know, the hat man is, you know, he's people who see him. It's often said they've, you know, they're witnesses to domestic disturbances, domestic abuse, family breakdowns, divorces, noting a tangibly negative atmosphere. So, like, you know, when life is tough and, you know, not necessarily supernatural, but when, like, you know, people fight, families fall apart, mm -hmm. someone passes away, and life just gets hard, sad, depressing, or even just, like, anger, that's what he feeds on. Yeah. I am a, I'm a firm believer mm -hmm. that emotion is energy. Absolutely. Non-material non energy, mind you, um, but energy nonetheless. And these things feed on it. Even if the hat man is just random thing that most people see and it has no correlation to being a single entity at all, I am a firm believer, this is the paranormal according to Jack, that any sort of negative entity is going to feed off of any sort of negative emotion because that'll drive them, that'll fuel them, and that'll give them something to feed off of, which includes you. Ugh. I'm also a believer in the inverse. Positive energy invites positive spirits. Absolutely. You know, good feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you feel like a dead relative is watching over you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes in times of need, sometimes just in a really... Tough spot. Tough spot or just yeah. spiritually uplifting moment. Mm -hmm. Positive energy will bring about positive things. The same goes for negative energy with negative things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like kind of throwing back to something we said last week, you know, it's it's okay to have bad days because that's just life. Mm -hmm. We're all going to have good days. We're all going to have bad days. But in regards to something we addressed last week about the Ouija board and how it's basically an open door invitation. Yeah. When it comes to, like, these things going on, you know, you can have these bad days, but just don't go looking for stuff and don't invite it. Don't, when you're having a bad day, start Googling, you know, demons or shadow people and stuff like that. That's just the worst time. It's ripe with opportunity for them to come after you or mm -hmm. come into your life. So just try your best to not let yourself get curious I don't know. That's just something I had to say. Just kind of like, hey, like, you know, you can still be sad. Have a healthy curiosity. Go exactly. about it. Go about it in a healthy exactly. way. Um, I, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of this. Sometimes when I'm in a really bad mood, I'm like, I want to watch a scary movie. Bad timing. Bad Jack. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a thin line between healthy curiosity and study mm -hmm. and obsession Find that line, identify it, and don't go near it. Because obsession is where you go down the wormhole, you let things consume you. Yeah. Right? And that's when you get those stories of possessions and, you know, And shadow things. people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, also, but it's interesting because some people argue that the behavior of a shadow person 
depends on the individual shadow person. Yeah. Sometimes they're helpful, which is interesting because canoniacally, canonically, in supernatural canon, dark entities are generally more malicious or mm-hmm. demonic. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that some people would argue that they're helpful. Um, a couple other notorious shadow people, if you want to go looking, are the peaking shadows, which are children. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting that Kate brought it up. I was wondering if she was going to say it was peeking around a corner. I was going to be like, oh, that, right on the nose. And then there's also the red-eyed shadow. I Yep. What Did you, did you do some research on the red-eyed shadow? I did find that, a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> there's, there's not much that I could find. There, there wasn't much I could find either. I'm just looking at this and it's just talking about how like s- they're smaller and you know, while you might not be able to notice like any distinct features on them, um, the most obvious one is just the fact that they have these really piercing red eyes. And even if you're in a hallway that's dark and you can barely see them, you'll see the eyes it's almost like somebody described it on one of the websites I was on is when you have, you know, the red eye effect on an old photograph. Yeah. And you have to kind of like blur it out. And it mm. looks so stupid and cheesy. But imagine seeing that floating in front of you, five feet in front of you. Not a fan. And not a fan. Absolutely not. But yeah, I've definitely, from what it sounded like, it sounded like people would see that. And as long as like they didn't see it, like in all of the experiences that I read about and mythology to it, when you saw it, when the people saw it, and they went to engage it, it left. There was never any kind of, like, horror story after that of, like, a murder or a death or anything scary happening. It's just, like, something was watching. Yeah. And when they went up to see what it was, as brave as they have to be, it just just left. It didn't come back again. There were Mm. no repeating stories for me, as far as I found, at least, in regards to the red eyes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I'd like to know the... The motivation of that. That is yeah. not an invitation for the red-eyed shadow person. To, do not come to my bedside tonight. I, you are not welcome. <laughs> I don't think you'll have a good time either to say you've got your Bible nearby. Right, right. That will not be a good time. Awesome. Well, I think, um, do you have any more research you'd like to share before I mean, we close off? Um, I just like, it's just interesting. Like I have a bunch of different things here. I don't want to take up too much more time, but just like different behaviors and their effects on the physical realm. Like, I mean, we already know that, you know, they move quick, they hide and dash just because, like, when you turn to look, they're gone. Um, You know, most of them, like, as we've already said, they're mostly appear to be curious and just kind of watch you, which is funny because what they do to us is kind of what we do to them. When we see them, we're like, excuse me. Like, if you're not, if you're not running away, which would be me, um, I'd be moving out of the house immediately. You kind of look, you're like, what is that thing? And that's kind of the way they look at us. Like people describe like seeing them like tilt their head a little bit in that curiosity way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we make a noise and your dog tilts its head like what? Um, that's why people say they're interdimensional travelers is because maybe there's some sort of overlap in dimensions. Yeah. And we are seeing them and they are seeing us as shadow, shadow people. Be- yeah. I read that something too and they were just kind of confused. And that's why so many of them leave. Because they don't want to get spotted by a shadow person. It's like, dude, get away from me. Yeah. So if it's that kind of interdimensional kind of mindset, you know. I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. We're, <laughs> it's almost like we're scaring each other, but neither of us is scary. We're both just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing that I that I read that I totally put in huge bold letters, except for the hat man, was that most, if not all of them, are non-threatening. Mm-hmm. They don't 
approach you in an aggressive way. At least physically. Yeah, at least physically. Sometimes you'll still feel the dread. Yeah. Um, They seem kind of uninterested in people. And, like, some of the stories that I found in, like, small tidbits is, like, people... Like, one story was about a, a mother who came into her child's room and saw one in the corner... And the mother came in, just kind of walked around, and it looked like the shadow person was just looking out the window and just, like, looking out on the street during the day. And nothing happened. And she, like, walked right up next to it, and nothing happened. Hmm. And there's tons of stories like that where it's just, they're just there. And they're kind of just, like, they just kind of exist. Yeah. And so, I mean, once again, don't go looking for them. Don't invite them in. But if they're there, you know, say a prayer, leave, whatever you want to do. But from what it sounds like, they're not going to try anything as long as you just let them alone. But if you see the hat man, you need to do something. Yeah. Because that's when it gets bad. Something needs to change. Yeah, you need to change something right now. Awesome. That's all from me. Well put. Thank you. That's great. We've just gone over the hour marks. That's super awesome. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening this week. We wanted to tell you a couple things before we sign off. Noah and I are not flush with cash. I mean, the equipment I bought to, you know, suspend this microphone and put stuff on it, it was 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three blankets we have hanging up on the walls to, you know, soundproof it a little bit, they were $25 altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not going to pay $31 a day like Facebook wants me to, to boost my posts (laughs) to reach 900 people because uh, I don't have that money. $31 a day is a lot. Uh, So if you like this podcast, the best way for you to support us is to get the word out and share it. Whether that be on Facebook or you're in the car with your friend, be like, hey, do you like scary stories? And if they say yes, which you should know them enough by that point, if you're in their car with them, to know if they like scary stories or not. Yeah, yeah. Just turn turn it on. Be like, listen to these guys. And then maybe they share it. And then that person shares it and on and on and on and on and on. It would be a huge help to us if you would just talk about it. Because Noah and I are only two people. We can only tell so many people about it. But if we got a good, you know, I'm talking multi-level marketing (laughs) (laughs) level of spread, that would be fan-freaking-tastic. Because we are a brand new podcast. So the more people we can reach early on, the better. And just the two cents I'll add as well is once again, like we're not in this for money. We're not in this to, you know, I don't even know how much money you can make from this. <laughs> yeah. We're not in this to like, you know, change the world or anything like that. We're doing it for fun and because we want to inform and educate people and learn as well and teach you guys what we learn. So in that regard, like help us learn and help others learn as well. We want to spread that message. Like Jack said, whether you share it by word of mouth, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, anything you do, Spotify, help us out a little bit because we really appreciate that because the more people that we learn, the more people that learn about us and listen to us, the more stories we might hear and the more stories you might learn from. So to that note, we say thank you for all of our fans who we've had so far and we appreciate you and just keep getting the word out. Finally, I just want to say, folks, thank you for tuning in so much 
to Studies in Shadow. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Our username is Studies in Shadow. For all inquiries, you can reach us at studiesinshadow at gmail.com. There's no space, no numbers, no capitals, just all one word, studiesinshadow at gmail.com. The music for these broadcasts and podcasts has been composed and produced by Jack Rogers and Matthew Gonzalez. This has been Studies in Shadows. Thank you for listening, and be safe.